Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 52 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. You want to take your game to the next level and accomplish more? Then you'll want to unleash the inner power of delegation, and you don't need to be a leader to do so. That's this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 52. This is the podcast for what's next in life, Armin Asadi. That's right. Otherwise, if you're uh, in a school, college, or any kind of business sitting, I am introduced as Armin Asadi. <laughs> So whatever you you prefer, I will respond. I do have a few people going, what's the name of that guy on your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And you know when I use Siri to call you, like call Armin? You have to say Armin. Well, I don't. I say call Armin, but it always puts an E at the end. (laughs) Right? Or else it goes M-E-A-N. I know. I know. Well, if you haven't figured this out, that's Armin Asadi, and I'm Larry (laughs) Gates. We're your co-hosts here on the Reinventure Me podcast. We're here to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the venture God's called you to. We are glad that you are a part of this show. And we also have another person who we don't talk much about who's a constant part of this show. Yes. Yes, you Jim, hear his voice. You hear his voice. The voice of Reinventure Me is Jim Smith. And Jim Smith has something to say to all of you listeners in Denver. Here it is. Hello, Denver. Larry's Dream Intensive Workshop is fast approaching on February 27th and 28th. Set your dream in motion and qualify for funding from the Dream Intensive Foundation. Learn more at dreamintensive.com. Okay, so that was a little that was a little self-serving <laughs> promotion there, but Jim was actually one of our participants in the Dream Intensive Foundation. Oh, uh, Dream Intensive. That's so, how you met him, isn't it? It is how oh, I met Jim. Right. And that's he has a terrific radio voice and one of the things that he is doing is uh, launching his business around his voice and actually he's done quite a few commercials. Yeah. So we're really honored, aren't we? I mean, to have a voice talent like that uh, are, standing behind are, us. So, Sam's, way to go, Jim! And thanks for that promo for our Denver Dream Intensive. In fact, I'm looking forward to Minneapolis Dream Intensive coming up this weekend. But if you are in Denver and you want to attend the Dream Intensive, go to dreamintensive.com. You'll find out more about how to unleash and unlock the dream inside of you. And we'll be doing that February 27th, 28th. And use the promotion code REINVENTURE and save 30 bucks off your registration if you plan to come. So that would be awesome if you could be there. We've got some cool stuff, I think, planned for today's show. We do. I just want Jim to know that he's got competition. Sam is coming after him. All right. He, he, he's Sam. He's convinced that he can come after him. And All right. Good. <laughs> Let's, we should have a voice off, you know, <laughs> get those guys on the show. Did you hear his voice last time? When he tried I did. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I say it'd be kind of fun. He's self-assured though. So it might work. We'll see. All right. Way to go, Sam. We're going to have a bake off with you and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So today's episode, we're kind of 
taking what we gleaned from Larry in the strategic margin episode. And in that episode, we talked about the first thing we talked about was willpower. That's why we covered willpower in the last episode. And another thing that we talked about for strategic margin was this idea of delegation. So today we're kind of focusing on this whole idea of delegation and what it can do for you and the benefits that it can give you. That's right. As you said, back in episode 50, we we were talking about why we need strategic margin. And a key part of that, of course, was willpower. We discovered that we hadn't really talked about willpower so much, so we decided to delegate. Decided <laughs> we decided to have an episode around willpower because we really have only touched about it in various episodes right. before. When we looked back and looked at our our history here, and then we realized, you know what, we probably could do a little bit more deeper dive on this idea of strategic margin is so so critical. So because we need to have time to think about where we want to take our lives, and if we're always consumed with stuff that we've got to do, we don't have the time to do that. And right. and so. We had talked about in that episode 50, there are five different elements to personal power, willpower being the first of the five. And now we're going to talk about delegated power today. Before we do that, we should jump in with some inspiration, don't you think? Yes, sir. All right. So today we're going to have a Harry S. Truman quote. He said, you can accomplish anything in life, provided that you do not mind who gets the credit. Okay, game over. I'm not going to accomplish accomplish much. You know, that's always a challenge, isn't it? To yeah. allow other people to get credit right. for stuff. Yeah. It's either one of the greatest tools that you have to empower the people around you, or it's one of the greatest diminishers that you have in you as well. And I remember I've had some bad leadership, not that we're talking about leadership in terms of delegation, but I've had some bad leadership where his team of people would do all the work and he would somehow always get the credit and he always got diminishing returns. Each project got lesser and lesser quality returns because nobody saw it as benefiting them ever. So the man kind of started losing his power, which was the people that he had around him. And this people just kind of started waving off. You know, it occurs to me as you're saying that, that delegation is one of those words that almost is like sales. You know, you can get people that go, I don't want to be in sales or, you know, it's got a stigma associated with it. Oh, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a salesperson. And when you start talking about delegation, it can have that same kind of stigma to it as well. I used to work for a boss who never left work without having everybody else have his stuff to do. Hmm. You know, basically just went home, clean desk. And everybody else was assigned his stuff. You know, he was like wow. Uber delegator, but yeah. he also took credit. And that's a negative form of delegation because yeah. he wasn't looking to do a richer thing. He was looking just to do nothing. Right. So he saw his task as basically anything that came to him had to go to everybody else. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he just needed to make sure his desk was clear of anything that was required of him. Good strategy to open up time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose and have it doesn't open up you. a lot of trust and as to your point about right. leadership doesn't really get much there but we want to talk about delegation today because it is an art form and it takes a lot of understanding and trust for us to be able to do that mm-hmm. and the key is for those of you who might be wondering how does this apply to me because I'm not in a corporate setting I'm not a leader or a manager or people I don't have people working for me trust me there's some things that we can all look at that to delegate that can be very helpful for us to move into whatever God wants to do in our lives. So it's more than just what we might do in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, this can be in your home environments. It could be if you're entrepreneur, which is a term I've learned mm-hmm. from you. So one man show, even if you're an entrepreneur and you have a partner and you don't see anyone else that you can delegate to, we're about to talk about how you can. There's a lot of resources out there. It is 2015. So. It is. And never has there been an easier time to do some delegation. Mm-hmm. I was, for instance, you know, I used to spend a lot of my weekends doing yard work. And I finally realized, as Anna kind of coaxed me into this, it's like, why spend all your time out there doing yard work when it's easy to hire somebody at $15 an hour or whatever to sure, come yeah. in and do all that, you know, spend four or five hours out there yeah. and you can do what you enjoy. You doing. were my favorite neighbor when I was 13, 14 years old. Right. You know, like you gave me $10. I was ecstatic. Yeah. Let alone 15 an hour. Yeah. And I did a great job, Larry, just right. so you know. Well, see, there are so many people that would do that because that's value for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, well, it's my yard. I need to take care of it. Right. And then it occurred to me, well, I don't treat my car that way because I'm like mechanically inept, <laughs> right? That's my world. I, I don't do an oil change. And it's good that I don't know how to do that because I probably find myself under the car trying to scrape my knuckles and figure out how to get an oil change. Yep. But I don't do that. I take it to Jiffy Lube or wherever, wherever you know, and yeah. I try to get the car oil <clears throat> fixed. So oil why do fixed. I feel just because... Yeah, oil <laughs> fixed, right? Yeah. Tells you what I know now about mechanics, know. right? Yeah. yeah. Can you put some more blinker fluid in here? I don't think it works anymore, right? I think my wife has requested that before. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is, okay, if I'm okay with doing that with my car, why is it just because I know how to push a mower around? Right. <laughs> do I spend even more time doing that when mm-hmm. I could just as easily delegate that to someone else? Right. So... What we're talking about really is a strategy for how you design what you do with your time. Mm -hmm. And so often we think about delegation as this thing you do in a corporate setting where you have a team of people working for you. But it applies in what you do at home. It can apply as well in your career development. Yep. So you, you mentioned entrepreneuring. You know, if you're an entrepreneur or whatever, you're on your own, or even if you're thinking about it, you know, maybe you're just you've got this little hobby on the side that you, you want to do some things with and, and you're not exactly sure. For instance, maybe you want to write children's books, right? But you're not sure if that would ever be a market. You don't want to quit your day job, right. you know? But you can find an illustrator that does some of it. You can find somebody to also write copy with you or mm-hmm. to do a book design. Or There's all kinds of roles that you can use other people, whether it's a web designer. I've hired out web design work, graphic artists, other writers, and the biggest delegation activity that I have is to hire a personal assistant. Yeah, it's my dream. Making my way towards there. Well, you know what? I think everybody can really take advantage of a personal assistant. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think it can make everyone's lives better. Well, I'll tell you what. It sounds wonderful. And I had had an assistant when I was in the corporate world, you know, yeah. because that comes with a package when I'm running a larger organization. Right. You know, you have somebody it's that part can help of the you appeal. do that. Yeah, but you you need it because oh, yeah. you're trying to deal with so much stuff. Well, when I went out on my own, I had some of that in my team, but it was especially important when I kind of moved to more of a solopreneuring model. Mm-hmm. Then to hire a personal assistant was a huge, huge deal for me. And Amy Lynn has just been amazing. I mean, just absolutely amazing. Yeah. But I had to break my mold of always thinking that I had to do things myself. Yeah. Because I wasn't, it had been so long, I had to re-engage how to use someone else well, it's in an effective way. to do it at first anyway. I think 
What, oh, what did you average out your hourly when you first? Well, when I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I first started my business, I was getting thirty-five cents an hour. Yeah, you know? makes it a little difficult too. <laughs> well, it is, but you know, the other part of it too is when you're first starting a business, and if you feel you have to do everything. Yeah. Then part of the reason you make 35 cents an hour is because you're not out selling, doing the higher value Good things point. that only you can do, and you're out doing all this other stuff that anybody else can do. Touche. And if I were to do it over again, I would have started with a personal assistant making that investment to say, hey, you do this stuff that I don't want to spend the time doing because I learn the important principle of opportunity cost. Hmm. And opportunity cost is you can only be in one place at one time. So what's the highest value thing that you can do? Yeah. And get someone else to do the other lower value stuff, even if you have to pay for it. Right on. Now, the whole point of this, and going back to episode number 50, is that what we're trying to do is increase margin. And the margin is for you to do higher value things, mm -hmm. even if it's just to get rest and recovery. Right. And the way you create margin is you either increase your personal power or you decrease the load that you're carrying. And most of us default to trying to get rid of stuff. Right. And part of that is getting rid of stuff temporarily. But when you can increase your personal power by actually using this idea of delegative power. And when we talked about that episode, we talked about five different kinds of power. There's willpower, delegative power, reciprocity power, creative power, and structural power. We're going to talk about those others in future episodes. But for now, we want to talk about this idea of delegation. So, Armin, what are some of the reasons we might delegate? Well, there's benefits in delegation. So let's just go over the list of ideas that we can give you as what could be a benefit if you were able to delegate and delegate well. So... One thing that's easy, I think we can all guess, is that it'll obviously save you time. We've already alluded to it several times. It helps you achieve more, just like you were just talking about, because you have somebody taking on the busy work. It allows you to do the revenue-generating work if you are a entrepreneur, entrepreneur, solopreneur, whatever you want to say. Honestly, for me, I think one of the biggest things is when I have the ability to tag team with others or delegate, it relieves a lot of stress for me, because mm -hmm. I don't feel like all the burden of this responsibility rests on my shoulders and my shoulders alone, which can be, you know, a little bit more to bear than most people. Can. Well, I can't tell you, I just did an office move to a new facility and it was amazing because Amy Lynn did basically all of the legwork on this for me. Yeah. We did the move and everything there, but I had to go off to some meetings. I come back and my office is all set up. I mean, it's ready to go. And I could just plug in and go, wow, I yeah. can get stuff done. Otherwise, I would have spent a half a day yeah. just getting stuff organized. Amy and, Lynn is a 10, though. Oh, and, she's off the charts. Yeah. She's, <laughs> and you can't have her. <laughs> I don't think I could even afford her, so that's okay. Uh, here's one thing I, I learned from bad leadership is that, again, back to that point we were making, it either diminishes the people around you or it empowers the people around you. And one of the benefits that now that we're focusing on the benefits, it can truly empower the people around you. It can make them want to be around you more, learn from you, whatever it is. But there's that empowering factor that is really fundamental. And that, and that is if you delegate correctly. Correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. If, you're, if you're dumping, then it can have the opposite effect. Yeah. Because people can, like I experienced, can just feel like, well, you know what? You're just offloading Mm -hmm. your responsibility. Right. But when people know that you're delegating correctly, that is that you're giving them something in order for you to accomplish something that's valuable to them as well, then they're in the game. Absolutely. 
The other aspects of delegation that can be a very big benefit for you is that it does make you more efficient in the tasks that you have. It creates more flexibility in your schedule. So you have time to focus on the things that allow you to have a quality of life, not necessarily always looking at your work or your job, your tasks or whatever. It allows you time with your kids, your friends, your family, your wife, your whatever, which is fundamental to a healthy lifestyle, right? Teamwork. It gives you opportunities to bond with people. So again, this is not just for leaders. Don't think of it as I'm a leader, so I delegate down. But think about the people that you're on a team with or a family that you're with. You can Or all, create your own team. Or create your own team. You yeah. Know, yeah. Delegation does not always have to be a task down from top to bottom kind of thing. Well, I think that we're in this new kind of world order, really, that has so many people that you can delegate things to over the internet, even. Mm-hmm or virtual assistants, of the Amazon Mechanical Turk, where you can send things to people that would bid on small bits of projects that yep. you can have. And it's That's, amazing yes. the number of resources that you can put in place. But we tend to think about delegation in the old school, which mm-hmm. is that it only works when you've got a full-time employees working for you. Yeah. And it's not that way anymore. It's not. It's cheap. So if you're listening to this, so whether if you're wanting to write a blog, did you know that for $5, there's somebody out there who you can review them and see how many other types of projects they've done. And for $5, they will edit and make it perfect for you, a 300-word blog or less, Mm -hmm. right? All my graphic design, I work with some guy out in Europe somewhere. He's the man. I'll never stop working with him. He charges me 15 bucks an hour, and he does projects for me that cost me thousands of dollars to do here. I mean, there's so many ways that you can cut costs but not have to cut on quality. Right. I use 99designs to do some logo work, and and you get design submissions from all across the planet. Yep. And it's amazing to see some of that. And of course, some of that can create a lot of work because you're trying to ferret through a lot of things too. Mm -hmm. But what's really a home run is using crowdsourcing like that. Yep by having some but delegating the crowdsource project management to someone else because then they just show you the final stuff or you know you get your input on it as i have done with amy lynn and it's like wow that's awesome absolutely yeah i I always get pigeonholed to do that actually but (laughs) i mean it balances out your workloads that's another thing it's really important that there's sometimes especially if you're running your own gig you know you got three number one priorities and how do you balance three number one priorities right And having that ability to be able to delegate and delegate correctly, it does allow you to balance out your workloads. And then finally, I would say it just creates great communication. Again, back to if it's done right. Mm -hmm. it a lot. So I try to delegate things to my wife. My wife tries to delegate things to me. Mm -hmm. At first, very rocky. Mm -hmm. Didn't go well, (laughs) you know, because she's an emotional processor. I'm a logical processor. So You, You remind me of a friend of mine. I... I uh, talked to him one time and I asked him how he was doing. He says, well, I'm not doing so well. I think I pulled a goose egg this morning. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I started out with leaving my wife a list of things she needed to do for the day. <laughs> he goes, I don't think that was such a good no. idea based on her reaction. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, now, how long have you been married? <laughs> I would think you probably figured that one out. <laughs> yeah, I made a similar mistake. <laughs> Month eight of our marriage. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, so with all those benefits of delegation, you know, it's not hard to find good benefits for delegation. It's really hard to do that. Why do you think it's so hard to delegate? Well, I think you and I can go back and forth based on our different experiences. I would say one of the reasons that I saw in my past is that the individual that I worked with, he got his security 
and he got his self-image from doing things himself. So the likelihood that he would delegate it out to other people, it was, well, it was small to none because he always had that mentality that if you want it done right, that you have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't on his team. He was a peer of mine. But a lot of times, his projects and my projects kind of correlated together. And we always had deadlines to meet together, his team, my team. And we would always get very close to missing our deadlines because it was just more than he could possibly handle. Mm-hmm. And, it made it and kind he of wasn't challenge. willing to let it go. Yeah, and he had good intentions. He wanted to do everything with excellence. Yeah, well, and it's, it's hard because we get wrapped up in what we do and we get rewarded for that. We get accolades. So our own security, personal sense of worth right. gets tied up in what we do. Right. And so we don't want to give that to somebody else to do because then who are we? Right. What's our role? Yeah. You know, I was just talking to somebody earlier this week that I was coaching and they mentioned that their CEO is looking at going through a transition and one of the peers had commented that if they ever, the CEO ever meets the person who will take over, watch out because they're likely to shoot him. You know, it's just like, (laughs) despite the fact that he wants a successor, he's never, he's not likely to make it easy for the successor to succeed. Oh, wow. Just because there's so much wrapped up in doing it himself in this particular way. And there's a lot of ego involved. And when you're used to doing that, it's really hard to delegate, even if it's to your successor, uh, what needs this transitions like that are really tough in that way. Yeah, because they don't even see it as delegating. They're looking at it as letting something go. Yeah, or a threat, because if they see the person who's succeeding them doing it better than they did, then what does that say about them? You yeah, know? that is a threat. Yeah. That's the de- yeah, that's the definition of threat. Yeah, it's like the guy leaving one company and going to the other, and the stock goes up in both companies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before it's happened before oh you know one of the things that i've seen that it's hard to delegate is that and i've seen this for me myself is that i get a vision for how something can get done and i get excited about seeing how in my mind's eye how it would get done yep. and then you turn it over to somebody else and it comes back not at all looking like what you had envisioned and so it's this sense of basically your comment earlier you know if i'm going to do it right but right means right in the way that I'm envisioning it, not necessarily right in the way that it might be the best output or outcome. And so it's hard, I think, sometimes to let go of your personal vision for something when you have to entrust it to someone else. Right. And there was another thing that you were mentioning about having to dig out a bigger mess. What was that that you were talking about earlier? Yeah. Well, you know, oftentimes when you delegate something to someone, it may not work out. And yeah. you might end up spending more time having to clean up the mess if it's a mess. And That's you right. go, yeah, well, I should have just done it myself. So those are all Created things. more work in the long it, run. It does create more work. And, and those concerns are real. They're valid and they happen. Yeah. They happen. The problem is that if we're always going to be fearful about what we're going to give up, yeah. then we haven't really thought about what we're going to gain. Right. And the key is, in all of this, is to look at what you gain by playing at a different level, Mm -hmm. by doing what's really a better strength of yours than to feeling like you have to perform and do everything that might be in your orb. Right. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Right. 
basically trying to change your job environment, but you're not willing to change yourself, trying to change your home environment, but you're not willing to change yourself or trying to change your career environment, not yourself. And you have to at least at some point be willing to change an aspect of yourself or change a way that you do something for you to be able to change the environment that you're in, whether you own your own business or otherwise. Yeah. In one of our earlier episodes, we talked about how change affects our identity Mm -hmm. and it is threatening to even delegation is a form of change because you have to change what you're working on and, yeah. and trust other people to it. And when you do that, you have to give up something. Yep. And when you do that, it shifts your identity and it causes you to think about, okay, uh, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to get the accolade from it because yeah. I've given it to someone else. And that's why that Harry S. Truman quote is really powerful and profound mm-hmm. is because you can accomplish anything if you don't mind who gets the credit for it. Right Now, Jim Collins would call that a level five leader, one who is able to lead in such a way that they see the triumph as the objective rather than who led the triumph Mm -hmm. as the objective. You almost don't know they're there after a while. And that's real influence. Now, that's what we need to talk about because this is now beyond just delegating. It's what I would call delegative power Mm -hmm. because we can all delegate to another person. But the power comes when we understand what our strengths are and what our wiring is and what our opportunities are to really take that to a new level. Yeah. And we know something about the strength of somebody else. And we're saying, I'm going to get rid of the things that aren't my wheelhouse, the core things that I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give those to those people who it is in their wheelhouse. They do excel at it. Now, maybe they're not even as good as I am when it's a third or fourth strength. Right. But by giving it to them, I help them develop that core strength of theirs, and it frees me up to focus on my own. Now, that takes a tremendous amount of understanding, Mm -hmm. both of yourself and of the other person's strength, but it also takes a tremendous amount of trust because it's a risk. You kind of step over the cliff there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've done strength finders sessions for big companies, small companies, nonprofits, churches, whatever. And I would say when we do strength finders, we break it up into eight different categories of where those strengths lie, right? Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably 1% of the time do I ever, ever see anyone have strengths that cover more than five categories out of the eight. Mm-hmm. It's just beyond rare. right? So there's never a time that you cover the full gamut of different categories within the strength. And that is a great point because when we think that we have to do everything that is assigned to us instead of finding, seeing that, okay, that might be the stuff that needs to get done, but there's better ways to do it than me doing everything Mm -hmm. that needs to get done. Right on. You know, just because it's there to be done doesn't necessarily mean you're the best person to do it. So Mm -hmm. think creatively about how you do that. And The key is really knowing yourself. The key is knowing about yourself. And I love what Randy Komisar wrote in his book, The Monk and the Riddle. And catch this. He says, passion pulls you towards something you cannot resist. Mm. Drive pushes you towards something you feel compelled or obligated to do. Now catch this. He says, if you know nothing about yourself, you can't tell the difference. (laughs) Everything looks the same. Yeah. You don't know whether it's the thing that's core inside of you, the passion that is part of your gifting and wiring and sweet spot, yep. or if it's just something you need to do, yep. which is drive. Yep. 
If you don't know about anything about yourself, all those things just feel the same. Yeah. I think that's really insightful. I mean, that's profound. That's powerful. I love that. And we've talked about this before, that there's such a key component to self-awareness. There's so much that it does for you. I mean, self-awareness is maybe we just need to do a self-awareness episode, but self-awareness is it's key to a lot of things. If you actually look up emotional quotient or emotional intelligence yep. testing, one of the key things to tell you for you to raise your EQ is self-awareness. Yes. Once you can have self-awareness, the next thing they take you to, awareness of others. Right. And so if awareness is that big of a key to whether it's strategic margin or delegation or emotional intelligence, then it's something worth putting some time into because there's been doctors and professionals all around the world that have agreed that self-awareness and awareness of others makes you better at everything. Yeah. Well, that, in fact, that is the critical difference between delegating and delegative power. Mm -hmm. Because delegative power has that internal awareness and awareness of others so that you can release them to do what's best for them to do and you don't care who gets the credit. And that's the real test about whether you have delegative power or not mm -hmm. is if you don't care who gets the credit. Right. I love that. Well, so how do we decide what to delegate? That's kind of the key question. So we're into this point now where we say, okay, well, I want to be a better delegator. And I think I look at myself when I do my journaling and I'm looking at the stuff that I want to accomplish. I realize that uh, there's much that I still need to delegate. I still need to find ways and systems to delegate because I still take on too much on my own that I can delegate to another. I was going to talk smack, but I won't. <laughs> Go right ahead. No, no, we're good. Smack away. We're, we're good, we're good. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> well, one of the ways we do this is by looking for some of the systemic kind of recurring things that you do that consumes time. And we all have them. We all have the things that are responsibilities or things that we know that we need to mess around with. And yeah. it might be, you know, you're just messing around with uh, designing something, you know, a graphic design thing. And I'm like, I can get caught up in that because I like playing with stuff like that. Yeah. And I go, but I'm not that good at it. It's yeah. not my number one thing. Yeah. And I can easily find an hour can go. Oh, I've spent 20 hours. Yeah. You well, know, like I'm just saying an hour, hour at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I realize I'm never going to build another website again. Yeah, there's a great example there's of working that. on a website. You know, I've, <laughs> oh my I think I'm in the middle of that right now. Are you? Really? So, so the so the question is, what is your opportunity cost? Yeah. When you start to understand that there's a cost that you're paying by doing it yourself, in other words, you're not taking advantage. Like you mentioned before, it was probably 35 cents an hour because I wasn't out selling as often as I needed to be because I was still trying to put the business together. Yeah. And that's an opportunity cost. And there's always an opportunity cost. So you have to ask yourself, what's keeping me from doing something of higher value? Mm -hmm. And when you get a handle on that and that you decide that you're going to invest in that higher value thing, then it's easier to let go of the lesser things. Yeah. But until we know that there's a higher value thing, we're going to cling to the lesser thing because our ego requires it. Mm -hmm. We have to do something. We want to feel good about what we do, so we do this thing by default. But frankly, when we have that self-awareness, like you're talking about that EQ, and we spend some time thinking about that, which requires strategic margin, yeah, we start to think about, okay, maybe there is a higher order thing that I can do yeah, and let go some of that other stuff. And I think a lot of people think that Weighing out the opportunity cost is common sense, and it's not. 
I know my partner just went and sat with a senior executive of a really large business. It's a Fortune 500 company and it's a tracking business. So he went and talked to him about where do they take losses or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the most recent one he can remember was Black Friday. They were making a delivery. Whatever happened to the delivery and they lost $300,000 worth of product, right? Mm -hmm. So in his mind, he was convinced they lost $300,000 worth of product, but the insurance covered it. But my partner had just asked a simple question. I understand that $300,000 was lost and insurance covered it, but isn't that the busiest sales day of the year for you guys? And the senior executive said, yes. So when you guys lost that $300,000, wasn't there something else that you lost in revenue because it never got to the stores? He said, oh, yeah, hang on a second. He had to go into his numbers and realize they lost actually $1.1 million in potential revenue. And not only lost it, but lost it to competition. As in, They don't have a second chance to make that up. You can't right. rewind time. And even though he's a very high-level senior executive... And even though he's got multiple degrees, all beyond a master's, he's still in that one situation to still miss miss the opportunity cost. And I would submit to you that every day we do the same thing because we're so used to just doing what we do and we get proficient at it and we like, okay, it is faster for me to do it than to try to train somebody else to do it. That's why you have to look for the recurring thing Mm -hmm. because it's probably true on the, this is a one-time thing and you can just dispatch it. Yep. But what about those recurring things that you and I both have that we can say, you know, I don't need to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's when, uh, you know, getting a personal assistant with Amy Lynn, I had to start thinking through, okay, what are those recurring things, those projects that I can deliver over to her and things that I can have her do. And it's been terrific. And you know what? I know that I am only using a quarter of her potential. Oh, I have sure. so much further to go Yeah. because I'm still holding on to so much stuff. Well, listen, we have to give a challenge here because we're, we're running out of time on this episode. But the challenge is define what your higher purpose objective is hmm. you know, and take a look at what could you do if you took your game to another level. In other words, if you didn't have all the responsibilities that you have mm-hmm. and you had unlimited time, just mm-hmm. unlimited time, what would be a higher value thing for you to start working on? Hmm. And then look at the things that are keeping you from doing that with the time constraints that you have and then find a way to delegate those. Now, that's a tall order. It's a lot to do, yeah. but I want to just have us think about those because that's the question I think both you and I could benefit from just on a regular basis to Absolutely. evaluate. Yep, I completely agree. And that could be something as simple as realizing spending four hours a week returning phone calls is something that you don't need to be doing. This challenge could be the exact thing to figure out what's next and how to replace that time. That's all the time that we have. So we just want to thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you being here with us. If you like this episode, would you just do us a favor and please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and just tell your friends about us. You can either find us at reinventure.me backslash iTunes or reinventure.me backslash Stitcher. If you have a question for us or want to leave a comment, you can just find us at reinventure.me or call 612-314-5447. And as always, please join our discussions on Facebook. You can find that at facebook.com backslash reinventureme. Yeah, we always have little videos out there that we've been putting up too. Oh man, last one was embarrassing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you enjoyed that ice cream so much. (laughs) Oh, I paid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, that's all the time that we have for the show. Thanks for joining us as Larry Gates. And Armin Asai. And we're saying so long. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast. 
with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>